And here we are again, The Dipshit Files, episode 36. Yes. I'm Mr. Scriptkeeper. And I'm Mrs. Scriptkeeper. And this week we are talking about Yuletide Demons and the War on Christmas. Yeah. Is that a thing? (laughs) I've heard about this thing. Let's look into it more. Yeah. All right. So the Krampus, right? Yep. He's one of them. Fucking Krampus. Krampus and the War on Christmas, this time on The Dipshit Files. To many of us, Christmas means a time of joy, togetherness, and family. But if we're being honest, Mm. as kids, it also meant no school and a bunch of presents. Presents, video games, always video games. There are those, however, unfortunate enough to experience the dark side of Christmas. Dark side. Those who never got their visit from Santa. Misbehave and you'll be on Santa's naughty list. But... What if that list was more than just misbehaving children? Hmm? What if that list was intended for someone else? (laughs) There's nothing like tales of a demon who drowns, eats, and drags children off to hell to really get you in the Christmas mood. It does sound Christmassy. (laughs) I like it. Stories of Krampus have appeared throughout Central Europe as far back as pre-Christian Alpine tradition. This area covers a bunch of countries from Austria, Germany, and Switzerland to parts of France, northern Italy, and the Czech Republic and Slovenia. Modern tales depict Krampus as the not-so-friendly companion of St. Nicholas, or Santa Claus, who punishes the poorly behaved, where St. Nicholas rewards those who have been good. However, it may not have always been that way. When discussing Krampus, there are two distinct periods of time that give us entirely different stories. The initial period of pagan tradition, and then the period after, of Christian tradition. We honestly don't know much about his earliest origin, because most pagan traditions are either forgotten or absorbed into Christian traditions. The most common belief is that Krampus may have originated from a horned deity, And we know this extends further than just pagan beliefs because horned gods have existed in multiple cultures across the world. Not to horny gods, starting with Zeus. (laughs) Before Zeus. There is a similarity between Krampus and the ancient Greek satyr, both being quite rowdy and mischievous, but one is clearly more evil than the other. In Old High German, the word Krampen meant claw which could refer to a clawed monster, but just like everything else surrounding his origins, it's all pretty ambiguous. The closest connection we can draw between Krampus, pre- and post-Christian Alpine traditions are pagan festivals that took place during the winter, similar to Yule or winter solstice. During these festivals, men would dress up in masks and animal furs and parade around villages being a nuisance, which is something they still do today, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So far, there's not been much to suggest that Krampus ever had anything to do with Christmas or Santa Claus, other than appearing at a similar time in the year. In both Austria and Germany, it wasn't uncommon for individuals to wear a devilish mask and make a nuisance of themselves during the holidays. Fucking Germans. That honored Christian saints. 
This wasn't done as a tradition honoring Krampus, but more as a pushback against the church, which had been phasing out these pagan beliefs and traditions. What should we do about these pagans, my lord? I think it's time we start phasing out their traditions. Oh, you want me to murder them wholesale? Well, that's what you mean. I'm not going to say the thought didn't cross my mind. You can, however, make the argument that this would be the start of what we would see in the years that followed. If we go even further back, the closest thing we have to an origin for Krampus comes from a figure known in Austria as Frau Perchta. Frau. She was mentioned very briefly by the Brothers Grimm, and the best way I can describe her is as a combination of Santa Claus and Krampus. Hmm. So rather oh, than... Oh, so naughty or nice, she's there like, here's your present, yes, and for you, you die! Yes. So rather than having the concept of good and evil shown by two separate entities... Frau Perchta is a two-for-one. Frau Perchta represented both the reward and the punishment. That's a rather complex holiday mascot. I mean, the Easter Bunny just shits chocolate eggs. So around midwinter, during what we would refer to as the 12 days of Christmas or the Feast of the Epiphany... She would visit homes of children. Now, if they were good, then they would find a silver coin in one of their shoes the next morning. It's funny how bribing kids and treat training dogs is very much the same thing. With varying results. Frau Perchta comes from lore in Eastern Europe, Austria, and other German lore. So let's first talk about her appearance. I bet they make her hot. Well, this this actually depends on whether you've been good or bad. <laughs> what is she when you're not here? So if you're good, she appears as a beautiful maiden in white robes. Of course. And according to Jacob Grimm, Frau Perchta is based on the goddess Frau Berchta, mm. who is the goddess of spinning and weaving. It seems like there would be some interesting benefits to having multiple multiple gods compared to one god. Are you trying to tell me that you worship Bob Bob, the god of the donkeys and curse words? Blessed be to him. Yeah. He's also the god of lemon meringue pie. You realize you're a ridiculous person, right? Well, you worship Rob Bob. Yeah. Well, he's ridiculous too. What are you talking about? Rob Bob is the god of squirrels, the color green, and waste management services. That's dumb and you know it. Fuck squirrels. Waste management services are very important. Yeah, but that's just dude shoveling our poopies. You know, it is possible we're both wrong. Fuck you! Frau Birchda. She is also believed to be the feminine version of Birchtold, who is sometimes the leader of the Wild Hunt, and she also has origins with Frigga and La Belfana. Well, these are household names, aren't they? <laughs> Amongst other deity, and the list can actually go on. There's a lot of connections here. The six degrees of Frau Birchta. So let's move on to the real meat of this folklore tale. Okay. Her appearance. Gothy. So if you were good, she would appear as a beautiful maiden in white robes. If you were bad, Frau Perchta appears to you as an elderly hag-like woman. Aww. So whether she's a beautiful maiden or an old hag, she has one foot that's larger than the other. Okay. And depending on the lore you read, sometimes that foot is one of a swan or a goose. Okay. Either way, the larger misshapen foot indicates that she has shape-shifting powers. Do you ever get the the vibe that our ancestors just ate mushrooms? <laughs> like, it was just part of the day. Was like, they were just high all the time. You guys ready to trip out and see from whatever? Frau Perchta. Frau Perchta. So with her changing appearance between the naughty and the nice children, she's embodying a real Santa Claus vibe. So how do you stay on her nice side? And what is it that lands you on her naughty list? Nice side, boot licking. Naughty side, booty licking. And also not boot licking. So Frau Perchta was hardcore at upholding what they considered cultural values. Values. Frau Perchta believed that you needed to have your spinning or your weaving done by the 12 days of Christmas uh, when it comes to a close. 
These 12 days run from December 25th to January 5th. Frau Perchtout roams the countryside and enters your home knowing immediately if you've been naughty or nice. Looking to see how you did in your mm-hmm. stitching. Your stitching ain't see, done. It sounds like Santa, doesn't it? It does a little bit. She yeah. will know if you were spinning during the 12 days of Christmas. She knows if you've been spinning. <laughs> she knows if you've been bootlicking. And she'll also know if you've adhered to her traditional feast of she fish. She knows if you've adhered to her traditional dish of fish. And gruel. So, and grew. <laughs> la, 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 la. If you were nice, you'd probably be gifted a coin. And if you were lucky enough to catch a glimpse of Frau Perchta, then you would likely see her, like I said, as a beautiful maiden in white robes. I think they might have got the tooth fairy but, from her, too. Okay, but. If you were naughty, there was hell to pay. Ooh. While you're sleeping soundly in your bed. She took a coin from you like a thief. Frau Perchta would creep up on you. Removing the knife that she hid in her dress, she would slit open your torso, remove your stomach and intestines, and then stuff your empty body cavity with straw, stones, and other rubbish. Sleep good, little children. They were were trying to keep those kids in line. Truly fucking terrifying. (laughs) They had some some naughty children they were trying to terrify into fucking... And that's the story of Frau Perkta. That was really scary, Daddy. Now wait till you hear about what happens to you when you betray the creature that wants you to eat your pain. Eat my peas. If you don't eat all your peas, the murder squid comes. I'll Sucking my... everything. It just sucks I'll down all. It's just coming down. I'll eat my peas. That's a wise choice, children. Wise choice. Wow. Well, accompanying her were a group of spirits known as the Perchton, who were just like Perchta. Sweeties. Also appeared in two different forms. Hot AF and Fuggles. The beautiful Perchton, who brought with them good fortune, and the ugly Perchton, who had fangs, tusks, and horsetails. Not too different from Krampus himself. Sweeties. The ugly Perchton were used to ward off spirits and demons in one's home, similar to Halloween, but in December. Hmm. This led to men dressing up as these ugly Perchton and going from house to house, driving out evil spirits in what was known as the Perchtenlauf. Or the Perkton Run. A.K.A. another form of human fuckery. The church... Which is another form of human fuckery. Then seeing these celebrations as a demonstration of immoral behavior, mm. tried to stop these runs from taking place. Do you see these peasants? Or do you, Grice? Look at them engaging in immoral behavior. Oh. That's strictly our job. Prohibit it immediately. Yes, you're Grice. But many Austrian villages just refused to comply whilst others chose to dress someone up as St. Nicholas to accompany them on these runs as somewhat of a compromise. Hmm. Around the 11th century, stories of St. Nicholas began to gain popularity, and this continued until the 16th century, where the form of Krampus that we know today really began to manifest. Hmm. The church, still locked in a battle with the Austrian people over the Perchton, decided to just outright ban the Perchtenlauf, or the Perchton Run. Mm -hmm. Not willing to give up entirely, the people then created a new creature, similar to the Perchton in appearance, but with a few key changes. A giant prosthetic dong. This creature would now serve St. Nicholas and would be known as Krampus. Gotta love loopholes. Yes, a hairy, horned, and hooved demonic figure with sharp fangs, long claws, and an even longer tongue. Boom. At this point in time, 
He wasn't considered the only one of his kind. Uh The Krampus referred to a race of monsters that appeared during the Yule period. Uh During this period, Christians would celebrate St. Nicholas. December 6th was known as St. Nicholas Day, much like modern day Christmas. Except there was plague. St. Nicholas would deliver presents to those who had been good. Those who were not so good would get either a lump of coal or a twig. Or punched. To the church, the idea of these Krampus figures was still a symbol of heathenism, so they decided to assimilate this belief into their own existing winter ceremonies. That's smart. Krampus was then paired with St. Nicholas. One symbolized good and the other symbolized evil. He would then become associated with the idea of the Christian devil. Oh, here we go. He was given chains to symbolize the binding of the devil by the church. He now carried around birch sticks that he would use to beat misbehaving children with. There's different child-rearing philosophies, you know, but it does take a village. On his back, he had a basket or a sack that he would throw those nasty children in, and then he'd drag them off to hell. What do you mean I'm going to get drugged to hell? I'm telling you, naughty children get drugged to hell, and your room is very messy and you know that I've asked you several times to clean it up. I don't make the rules yet to die. If you were extremely poorly behaved, you would may even be drowned or possibly eaten. Firm but fair. The night before St. Nicholas Day now became Krampusnacht, meaning <laughs> Krampus night. Fuck yeah. December 5th was the day this demon was allowed to roam the streets and villages. It was no longer St. Nicholas giving you a twig or a lump of coal. He was now only concerned with the good children. The punishment of the rest fell to Krampus. It was fairly common for the church to integrate ideas and traditions from other cultures into their own when attempting to convert those from a different faith. And it does make sense. Mm -hmm. Just turning up on someone's doorstep and telling them, you need to stop believing what you believe in because you're going to hell, normally elicits a negative reaction. It has. It has in the past. Yeah. Instead, uh, showing them that there's common ground uh, in your beliefs is way more effective in converting people. People didn't really think that that was what was happening. (laughs) They're like, I don't believe you guys in your funny hats. In this case, it was more so the Austrian people who adapted their beliefs into something more palatable to the church. Mm. And so the story of St. Nicholas and Krampus is a good example of how heathen belief was integrated despite the major differences. And we lived happily ever after. The tradition of St. Nicholas Day went through quite a major shift as a result of this, going from St. Nicholas leaving you a twig if you were poorly behaved to being dragged off to hell by this giant demon goat monster. Wow. But Kids got worse. If you were lucky, maybe you'd just be eaten or drowned in the lake. Drowned in the lake? Yeah, you better do your chores right. How is there a creature out there like this and you adults are doing nothing? What the hell you want us to do about it, Chitron? Gather a posse and hunt it down. No way. Why? Well, you know, Krampus kind of serves a purpose. It's a conspiracy. No, now. Parents are working together with Krampus. That's just conjecture. Is Santa in on it, too? We're not doing eggnog <laughs> before bed anymore, okay? All right, buddy. Sounds nice. Quite the drastic shift. <laughs> <laughs> By the 16th century, stories of St. Nicholas began to be replaced. He now became Santa Claus, deriving from his Dutch name, Sinterklaas. Sinterklaas. Stories of Krampus remain largely the same, and December 5th was still considered Krampus Night in many countries. With Christmas being celebrated 
on the 25th, it's only natural to then want to move Krampus night to Christmas Eve for those outside the Alpine region. And that's why you may see this in various stories and movies, despite these celebrations and festivals taking place in early December. Mm, Confusing. These celebrations can vary depending on the region. They often involve wearing a wooden mask, dressing up in fur, and attempting to look as terrifying as possible. And in some places, you bring your children to be eaten, and they eat them. Sorry, I'm absurd. In some towns, it's more humorous, and in others, it's slightly more scary. Because they eat the chitrons. But it's all mostly done for good fun. Right. The most popular of these traditions is the Krampuslauf, or the Krampus Run, which is essentially the same as the Perktenlauf. Groups of people dress up as Krampus, wearing large bells so they can be heard as they roam the streets in packs, Yikes. accompanied by a St. Nicholas. It sounds like more like a hostage at this point. What exactly they do depends on how they're feeling. Uh-oh. Some just scare children and passersby. Mm-hmm. Some throw snow at them. Others whip them around the back of the leg. Hmm. Um, then you have those Nothing like a little assault to celebrate, you know, right. humans. Then you have those who visit houses giving presents, and in exchange, they're given schnapps and brandy. All right, that's better. So it's basically just kind of like adult trick or treating. So of course, there's violence, and it's also a pretty good excuse to walk on, walk around being a total jackass for a day, right? And whip people. Yeah, hit people with things. Tra-la-la. In parts of Austria, twigs will be painted gold and left around the house all year round as. A reminder for children to behave. You know, the Flannery tradition was you grab that stick, you beat the child with it, and then you hang the stick somewhere in the house for the children to see it, and they do nothing bad again. My dad stopped that tradition, but it was a long-held tradition in my Flannery family. In the 1800s, Krampus could be found on greeting cards, postcards, and on wrappers of candy. These depictions were rather odd and often quite distasteful. And the candy was made of mud. Surprisingly, they feature Krampus as a more devilish figure with a sexual undertone. That means he had his dick out. (laughs) And this stems from those in large cities never really seeing these traditions. Mm. All they had to go on was the word of the church who equated Krampus as the devil. Well, now I'm offended. In terms of his story, these images do make sense, but it's not hard to imagine why why some would find them unsuitable. Mm-hmm. It's also why over the years they've gone from frightening to more comical in order to appear to a larger audience. I like to think of my Krampus as a werewolf, but whose mom was like a deer. In Western Austria, the pagan tradition of dressing up as Krampus and hitting the streets to get rid of winter's ghost goes back 1,500 years. In Southern Germany's Bavarian area and Eastern Austria's Alpine area, Traditional customs may have included someone dressing up as St. Nicholas, along with a small group of Krampuses. Krampuses? I don't know if it's... Is it Krampus? Krampusai? Is it Krampusai? Krampusai. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they dress up along with a small group of Krampusai, (laughs) angels, and a person with gifts to go door to door the evening of December 5th. At each door, St. Nicholas asks the children about their behavior, and they also ask the kids to recite their catechism. Oh, pop quiz. Or a seasonal poem. Dance monkey. Or maybe sing a song while the Krampuses stomped around outside. Oh, two more questions and Santa will give you some candy. Or Krampus will drag you to Or you could sing a song for us, Billy. Sing for us. This one's called Rain and Blood. And if they failed, well, Krampus would go ahead and handle that. Killing kids. American celebrations of Krampus tend to lean more towards the Austrian celebrations for adults that involve drunk men 
running around in scary costumes. That's my whole musical career. Interestingly, that is not that different to the way Christmas used to be celebrated before the 19th century. It was another Halloween, it sounds like. Yeah. According to author Stephen Nisbaum, Christmas was, quote, a holiday that was characterized by boisterous revelry. Human fuckery. It was like a combination of Halloween and New Year's Eve and Mardi Gras. Nice. End quote. Pure fuckery. The celebrations include mummers who would demand alcohol door-to-door, which later evolved into trick-or-treating. Is that what fucking uh, the Mummers Dance, that song by Lorena McKinnon's about? I don't know. I thought about that. Son I didn't... of a bitch. I didn't look into the Mummers Dance, but it made me wonder the same thing. <laughs> I don't know a single word of anything that she ever sings. I don't know. I Krampus it. also has roots in the story of a battle between St. Nicholas and the devil. Right. But in recent years, some believe that it has become too commercialized. The kids love Krampus. Krampus's recent resurgence in popularity has expanded its reach to a comic book series and even movies. Oh, it's just begun. We're a country of degenerates. We're going to mm-hmm. embrace the shit out of Krampus over the next decade. You watch. <laughs> there are many versions and variations of Krampus-like figures all around the world, appearing in both male and female form. Well, that means there's such thing as Krampus fucking. And in, I like it. in post-Reformation Germany, a secular character known as Pelsnickel okay. emerged to combine both the kind of qualities of St. Nicholas and the scary qualities of Krampus. Real quick, that makes me wonder, as I've got this question in mm-hmm. Skycast anyway, it's like, so does he have a human wiener or a red rocket oh, like geez. a dog? I just, I mean, I might have a dog wiener. I it's don't. It's an important question that people would want to know. If you get the scary thing after you and it's got a dog wiener, it's mm-hmm. like, well, it's not scary. Run, dude, that werewolf right behind us. I am running, but dude, what? I saw it's dick. What? You saw the werewolf's dick? Yeah, dude, he's got a dog dick. The fuck? Who cares? Come on, hurry. Well, I'm kind of not as scared of it anymore. Dude, it's a fucking werewolf. Yeah, but I thought it had an angry human dick. Yeah, it's got teeth and claws and shit, yeah, dude. And a red rocket cock. That's kind of funny. Dude, we're probably Yeah, from a creature with a lipstick dick. No, there is. All right, sorry. It's believed that German immigrants brought the legend of Pelsnickel with them to America in the 17 and 1800s, and the name slowly morphed into Belsnickel. Today, Belsnickel is a staple of Christmas in Pennsylvania Dutch communities. Belsnickel sounds dirty. It does, kind of, doesn't it? In Which, Italy... Ooh, that's my Belsnickel. Oh, God, God, only you. Well, not, not just me. In, Come on. In Italy, a fairy woman known as La Belfana visits children on January 5th, leaving things in children's socks at night. If they're good, they receive candy. If they're bad, they get rocks or coal. Fuck them kids. In Greece, goblin-like creatures known as calicanceroi hmm. bring mischief to people's homes during the 12 days of Christmas. Calicanceroi? Mm-hmm. That's a good one. They enter through chimneys or doors, and methods of warding them off include hanging a pig's jaw, God. a black-handled knife, okay. strings of flax, and fire. These are just among a few among many of the other various cultures. Fuck. Somebody write a movie about the Calicanceroy. Well, so what's nice to see is that these festivals and Krampus runs still take place today and mm. not just in towns and cities within Austria and Germany, but all around the world, even popping up in parts of North America. There's no doubt that stories of Krampus and those predating him have a dark tone to them. But to say that he's just evil... 
doesn't really tell the whole story. It's mean, and he feels bad. <laughs> Krampus is sad. Before they were Christianized, the Perkton served as protective spirits, and Krampus only really came to be St. Nicholas's companion as a way to keep these traditions alive. A.K.A. Please don't hang us in the streets, the church. Signed, everyone. <laughs> Dumb. And even Dumb. and even then, he only punishes those who were deemed as deserving of punishment. Which he, is, you know, does he know? He, he who's doesn't. This, who's this fucking guy? He right. doesn't commit acts of evil against the innocent, and therefore he can be seen as representing a necessary evil. The hand of God. For many, this whole spectacle was and still is a time of fun and expression. Even today, families take their children to see these events and festivals. To them, Krampus is more of a Disney villain than mm-hmm. a terrifying demonic story. Yeah. So it's my opinion that Krampus and St. Nicholas may represent our very own nature. We can be good and we could be evil, but in order for society to function, you need incentive for the good and you need consequence for the bad. Hmm. It's the yin and the yang, I guess. Right. Even if that is in the form of a giant, hairy, demonic goat monster. Which is how I prefer my yin and yang. (laughs) My lord, we have a new idea to base our justice system upon. What is it? We want to scare people with giant, hairy, demonic goat monsters. What? You mean lawyers? So now I'd like to touch on the topic that seems to have been creeping through social spheres for well over over a decade the war on christmas there's a war on christmas yeah yeah well, we're gonna we're gonna cover this okay this is a touchy topic i think uh, it can be but we'll be respectful ish there's a few people that feel, feel that there is a war on christmas a few that feel that there isn't let's see let's see where we're at all right you tell me the war on christmas begins around the same time each year the day after christmas when stores start peddling plastic christmas trees and giant santa claus inflatables so june probably depending on which media talking head is speaking The war is either a subversive effort by the left to erase all traces of Christianity. Don't do that. Or the right attempting to force religion down every American's throat. Don't do that either. But most people don't realize Christians battled one another over the holiday centuries before news media kept the war on Christmas in the headlines. Right. It's interesting when ideologies fracture and then eat each other. So we're going to start with the Puritans. Ooh. The Puritans were Protestant English reformists who gained distinction in the 16th and 17th centuries. They got the fuck out of Europe because they were like, everybody's having too much freaky sex for us. We have seen way too many ankles. (laughs) Let's get to another land. After King Henry VIII broke away from the Roman Catholic Church and created the Protestant Church of England... Puritans sought to further reform his newly founded church. Less ankle. For centuries, people had been celebrating Christmas by going to church, closing businesses, singing carols, and enjoying goblets of wassail with family and friends. Deck the halls with no more ankle scene. (laughs) Since most people of medieval England had little to celebrate, they looked forward to the Christmas season and a break from holiday hardships. Get a little ankle. The Puritans, however, felt life should be lived solely according to the Bible. And they evolved into the Westboro Baptist Church. In their opinion, the Bible didn't reference celebrating Christ's birth at all, let alone recommend drinking and merrymaking. Are you having fun there? Yeah. Ban it. Oh, no. So they lobbied to ban Christmas. Aww. In 1642, King Charles agreed to a request from Parliament to make Christmas a quiet period of fasting and spiritual reflection. That shit is not going to move units. Instead of a boisterous, alcohol-drenched holiday. Goddamn, we need more of those. In January 1645, 
Parliament produced a directory for the public worship of God. How nice of them. Laying out new rules of worship. (laughs) Here's how you do it. Right. Here's how you don't. Sundays were set aside for worship, but all other church services, festivals, and religious revelries, including Christmas, were banned. Isn't Saturday the day you're supposed to, though? I I don't know. I I really don't know. When you read the Bible, I think it's Saturday. Parliament didn't stop there. In 1657, they made it illegal to close businesses on Christmas or attend or hold a Christmas worship service. Illegal, huh? But the English people decided they wouldn't let go of their festivities without a fight. Riots ensued, and many people celebrated Christmas privately in their homes, if not in their places of worship. After Oliver Cromwell, who was an angry, judgy Puritan, (laughs) ordered the execution of King Charles I and became Lord Protector in 1653, he upheld the ban on Christmas, despite the fact that so many people hated this idea. But when the monarchy was restored in 1660, so was Christmas. For the king and Christmas! Some Puritans, unhappy with the Church of England, emigrated to the New World and settled in Massachusetts. They embarked on a hard life shaped by their staunch Christian beliefs and brought along their conviction that Christmas was a holiday for sinners and shouldn't be observed. And that's what happens when you've never seen an ankle before. (laughs) Celebrating Christmas was discouraged, but didn't become a punishable offense until 1659. By 1681, colonial revelers would no longer be fined, but were charged with disturbing the peace if caught celebrating. What you got there? Candy cane? Give me that, you me fucking that. criminal son of a bitch. You're, yeah, here, Into the gulags. Here's a ticket. Mm-hmm. The Puritans managed to force Christmas underground in much of New England. But they couldn't compel other New World colonies to do the same. Christmas celebrations were commonplace in Virginia, Maryland, and other colonies where immigrants brought their holiday traditions intact from the old world. Those people wanted to see some ankle. Embrace the ankle. Still, the Puritans held Christmas at bay, decade after cheerless decade, until Massachusetts finally made Christmas a legal holiday, but not until 1856, (laughs) almost 200 years after it was banned. President Ulysses S. Grant made it a federal holiday in 1870. Now, we're going to move on to Black Friday. And remember, what we're talking about here is the quote-unquote war on Christmas. Right. The enormous popularity of Clement Moore's 1823 poem, quote, A Visit from St. Nicholas, end quote, with its famous opening lines, "'Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house... Not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse, Mm. was arguably the catalyst for meshing the religion and secular sides of Christmas. Right. As Christmas became more popular over the years, it also became more commercialized. Uh -uh. Christians and non-Christians alike put up Christmas trees, anticipated visits from Santa Claus, and shopped for gifts to buy for family and friends. And by they did. To meet the demand, many retailers began hawking their holiday wares before Halloween candy even left the store shelves. Mm -hmm. Black Friday, or the Friday after Thanksgiving, day after football day, and official kickoff of the Christmas shopping season gave way to stores opening their doors on Thanksgiving evening. Football day evening. Not to be left out, online retailers created Cyber Monday to entice online shoppers to buy even more. Estimates vary, but U.S. consumers are now estimated to spend 
more than $655 billion annually in holiday retail purchases. Nice. $1.3 billion on Christmas trees alone. $2.7 billion on candy canes alone. <laughs> but this what? shopping mentality had its detractors. A Vancouver artist fed up with the mass consumer orgy of orgy. Christmas created by Nothing Day. <laughs> Workers of the World Unite Day? What? Calm down. I'm kidding. It's Consumers of the World Unite Day. That's totally different. Which is also held the Friday after Thanksgiving. I know what they're trying to do, but it kind of sounds like Fuck Small Business Day, too, to me. Started in 1992, it encourages people to skip the Black Friday madness, put away their credit cards, and not fall prey to Christmas consumerism or overconsumption in general. Although small businesses plan on that being a very important part of their income, and, you know, they plan accordingly, so do what you want. And that is a direct quote from a statement that he made. Hmm. Despite the commercialization of Christmas, it was still considered mainly a religious holiday for much of the 20th century. Mm -hmm. Over the last decade or so, secularists, humanists, and atheists became more vocal about the separation of church and state. Well, I can't speak for secularists or humanists, and I can't really speak for atheists because, you know, they're fucking a bunch of different weirdos. But with that said, I will say we atheists are cunts. Strident, insufferable cunts. Multiple lawsuits were filed by private citizens, the ACLU, and other organizations against federal and local governments to remove nativities and other Christian symbols from public places. Government buildings. Yes. Right. Legal action has also been taken to remove Christian references, songs, and the word Christmas from school plays and programs. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Many Christians, however, consider this attack an attack on their freedom of speech and religious freedom. They assert America was founded on Christian principles and Christmas is a federal holiday celebrating the birth of Christ. Not for everybody. So Christian Christmas displays should be left alone no matter where they reside. Okay, well, let's linger on that idea yeah, for a second. Let's, let's, let's unpack that. There's a bunch to unpack. Okay, so freedom of speech, freedom of religion, mm -hmm. government buildings with temporary religious symbols. Christmas is a Christian holiday. Yeah. Yes. But, uh, well, Christmas is. I mean, obviously, but not Yule. Right. the The, the day December twenty fifth is not uh, just you know we get this day. Right. And it is a federal holiday. Right. And that kind of goes against well, the, the idea fact of that the separation a, of church and state. Yeah. The fact that they made a so they win there already. Yes, but, but if they it, want more. Well, I guess even if it was Yule considered Yule tide, and they were rolling with Krampus and and Yule logs and all that, and made that a federal holiday. Well then, but we we have we're the United States. We have a lot of different religions. I'd right. love to put their holiday into the twenty fifth as well, and be like, "Well, fucking right." You should see our party, right? So, I, all that's crazy because really, if there is separation of church and state, if that is the point of the First Amendment, mm -hmm. then you know, having a Christmas be a national holiday is going against that. Well, then we should talk Shall about Easter. What's that? We should talk about Easter. And Easter, all the Christian holidays that right. we celebrate. And, but I'm four days off from work. <laughs> I mean, we've talked right. about that before. I'd like to extend like four or five day weekends for, mm -hmm. you know, but that's not feasible. But you, so they already kind of, the Christianity, they already won that. Where mm -hmm. It's like you get this extra thing. Mm -hmm. When they say it's a, it was founded by a Christian nation, absolutely the Puritans that came here first, mm -hmm. uh, they, they were definitely Christian. No and, ankles. And, Right. <laughs> no luck doors. Right. No ankles. Absolutely no ankles at all. <laughs> we don't even want to see. If I see a, a neck bone, mm -hmm. kill them. Yep. They're dead. They're witches. And so this country was founded at one point mm -hmm. by Christianity and by really just English people. Right. That was what this country was founded on. But obviously it's changed a lot since then. Mm -hmm. But I've looked into the founders a lot. Mm-hmm. 
And you'll find that, especially some of the big names, the ones that were kind of responsible for the Articles of Confederation and the founding documents, you'll find that Thomas Jefferson, for example, was probably more deist and probably closer to an atheist that you could be at the time. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about deists on the show, I believe. And that's just basically, I believe in a God, but it it doesn't care about Mm -hmm. us at all. It's not a personal God. Uh, I believe Thomas Jefferson wrote a Bible where mm-hmm. he took all the miracles out that Jesus did because he wanted a Bible that had no magic in it. Mm-hmm. And it's very edited. Very blasphemous. They're not really very good Christians for a Christian nation. Right, but they, were they kind of, didn't... I mean, Benjamin Franklin was a flat-out... Non-believer. Well, they had no problem turning uh, Christian holidays into federal holidays, though. That's right. So... That's the thing. If we're going to have a government and it's going to have rules, like, be consistent. And right. you'll find that the United States government is filled with that shit. Yeah. But whatever, I, as far as like putting, putting the nativity, <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, in principle, putting the nativity scene in a government space is a slap in the face to that principle and we probably shouldn't do it. Right. Uh, it is Christmas, yes, but there's lots of symbols for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Making it about religion and, and ignoring the fact that this is a huge ass country, mm-hmm. a huge, the Western world does this mm-hmm. and that the secular world enjoys Christmas with you. It gives you Christians a chance to convert a few of them. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys got some good movies. You get heartfelt stuff. <laughs> and they're like, maybe I do like Jesus. Right. And so you have a chance to recruit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can see also where they they feel like there's a war on it because it's like, it, it, it is their holiday. And it's like, why do you have to put Krampus Day the day before? Or why do you have because to... Because it's always been that way. <laughs> right. I know. And, you know... Uh, but that is kind of the vibe that you get where they're like, why do you have to do this? Like, this is our day. Can't you just be respectful? We don't cuss. Can you they, just not cuss on the 25th? A, I, but I see, that's just it. I don't agree with that. I don't either. I really don't. <laughs> I don't think I'm even, uh, that's not a good steel man. Well, argument. I don't saying either. But. I don't know. I think that, I think that anything that's government stuff, I think should stay away from anything religious. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want to put up a Christmas tree, that's fine. Um, do they want an angel on top? I mean, that is really kind of reaching that sort of stuff. But I do think that private companies should be able to put up whatever they want. Absolutely. Because it is their freedom to do so. And private households. Yeah. I think you should be able to do ever, yeah. whatever you would like to do. Yeah. So that allows for uh, freedom of uh religion freedom of speech but i think any government of location i think they need to steer clear of that shit i really do this does go to show you just one little tiny example mm -hmm. of how government isn't it doesn't solve problems it Mm -hmm. creates problems this problem will not go away government's never going to solve it Mm -hmm. you watch it'll never go away well and i still think that um going back to the freedom of speech thing i think you should be able to say merry christmas I think oh, yeah. you should be able to say happy holidays, happy Yule, um, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to say. And I think it is up to us to respect what people want to say. Mm-hmm. You know, if they say Merry Christmas and you don't believe in Christ. How dare you? Don't get pissed at them because oh. it is their right to say that. Mm-hmm. And if you say happy holidays, they shouldn't get pissed at you. Right. I mean, it's part of living together with these different ideals. It kind of comes down to like, just don't be assholes to each other. Don't be assholes. It, yeah. it always comes down if to If somebody that. says Merry Christi- <clears throat> Christmas to you and you're an atheist, mm-hmm. do you get pissed about it? Like, well, I would hope not. I would hope not too. If you're offended by that, that means that you're, there's a couple things going on in your life potentially. Mm-hmm. Like you probably need some help. You yeah. should talk to somebody. Seriously, you're an angry yeah, person angry, and you're angry. just lashing out at mm-hmm. random people and or you're probably... You've been kind of 
made to be extreme mm-hmm. in your belief system and your your ideological system and you see them as an enemy and they're coming to get your smurf berries kind mm-hmm. of thing you see that with the political strife in the in mm-hmm. the dumb country where the whole underlying argument is you know the left versus right crap in the first place the left is seen as atheists although there's not one democrat or republican in congress that are atheists Guilty. most of our elected officials are christian or religious Good. or profess to be publicly i don't know Ugh. so atheists have very little political power Good. and aren't even represented really Fine. so that doesn't even exist no but the, certainly most of the atheists would probably lean to the left although i don't lean to the left as an mm-hmm. atheist i lean down if you know the political compass blah 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 this just looked at that so it's just blue and red again mm-hmm. you know and it's very strange to see it's like it's weird... i love christmas because people get a day off and they yeah. can fucking breathe right although they have their family up their fucking ass so mm-hmm. that's probably less breath for some people depending on your quality of family mm-hmm. i like the idea of giving people like hey i'm thankful for you here's a present or here you're my fucking child i want you to have this thing mm-hmm. you know so you can well, it, Use your imagination, it, it opens it up and gives you, everyone has the freedom to uh, celebrate the holiday how they see fit. Mm-hmm. I personally kind of want to sneak into the neighbor's households and slit them open and <laughs> stuff them full of straw and stones, you know, but that's just me. All right. Well, <laughs> there's an argument for having a government and uh, rules and probably can't live together in a society for long. Well, we do have our own little... Uh, <laughs> "Quote unquote war on Christmas going right going on right here in Washington State. We sure do. Yes, this so, is an interesting microcosm of the macro. Yeah, so um, we've got actually this little area. It's called Leavenworth. Uh, Leavenworth is a Bavarian themed destination. They put up so over cool. such a cool city in Washington. Yeah. yeah, they put up over a half a million Christmas lights during the holidays, and they call themselves Christmas Town appropriately. Right. Well. In 2020, during the COVID lockdown, Mm. they couldn't put on the standard parade that they would normally put on. And so there is a group called Krampus Seattle, where they dress up in the Krampus outfits in Seattle and they parade the streets around Christmas. Awesome. They went up there and they enjoyed Leavenworth. Uh, and they walked the streets. I don't know how many of them they were. there were, but they walked the streets, actually, and allowed the people to step out of their homes onto their porches to see some type of celebration. Hmm. And people Krampus enjoyed saved it. saved Christmas, is what you're saying. Yeah, and people okay. enjoyed it so much that they were actually invited back in 2021, last year. Nice. They were invited to be part of the parade. Well... <laughs> That didn't sit well with a couple of people. Well, I can imagine. Um, so there's a there's two religion advo- advocacy groups uh, that basically are stating the war on Christmas has moved to Leavenworth. Krampus don't want to hurt no one. Now, these are the charges that they brought before the Chamber of Commerce. And they look like demons. They literally brought demons to the place where we had a baby Jesus and we had yeah. mama. So <laughs> the charge number one that has been brought before the Chamber of Commerce Leavenworth Chamber of Commerce took the word Christmas out of the name of its famous holiday festival. The Christmas Lighting Festival was rebranded the Village of Lights. No, please don't. Okay. Right? It's Happy Holidaysville. (laughs) It's Village of Lights, the, the term commonly used on travel sites and news stories about the event. Although the chamber had its official name as Village of Lights Christmas Town. Okay. Okay. Charge number two. On opening weekend of the month-long Christmas festivities, the town welcomed members of Krampus Seattle. Um, They danced and paraded in their hairy horn costumes inspired by the mythical Bavarian creature 
that's half demon, half goat, and that punishes those who misbehave at Christmas time. I'm the police, judge, jury, and executioner for children. The local chamber of commerce even promoted the Krampus drink crawl in Leavenworth. Lots of money in booze. Now, according to... They, they definitely pro- promote alcohol in Leavenworth. <laughs> well, it's... Yeah, I mean, go that's... visit in October. Oktoberfest. No, yeah. no shit. I mean, so, if you have a healthy liver. According to uh, Family Policy Institute of Washington, headed by mm-hmm. Mark Milosia, mm-hmm. quote, at an event that is supposed to honor the birth of Jesus Christ, town officials have chosen to include demonic influences. Hello. These attacks on Christianity are becoming the norm throughout the country, end quote. Well, I wonder what <laughs> it would look like to honor Christianity in the birth of Jesus. I don't know if are Christians doing that? Cuz I feel like if you buy your kid an Xbox mm-hmm. and just I mean just here's a Merry Christmas cuz that's the culture. That's what the culture does is buy the kids presents and stuff. Mm-hmm. It should be the present that they get every year should be like a Bible or or some gold. Myrrh. Yeah. Gold. gold myrrh, Give your child gold coins, frankincense and myrrh. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's I mean, it, yeah. And you should probably have dinner in well, a manger. This additionally there's obviously ignorance going on here because with Mark Malos with no with Mark oh. Maloskia, um, because these aren't demonic influences. Right. These I have know, these have been around. They way, look scary. It's that's all. Yeah. And they've been around. And as we just learned, most of them were used as protective, um, protective creatures to protect a space. Yeah. Some of them were used for punishment too, but they're not fucking demonic. Right. De- demonic is a Christian that was, ideal. That's just what I was going to say. It's like, I don't understand how you guys I look don't. at this. You made up both sides. Yes. You picked one side and, and now we're, all on, we're all on a side that you made up. Right. That we're, we don't and even. And you made it up and you're mad about it. <laughs> it's just, it's frustrating to me. It is. And now, if they were to stop and, and actually take a look at folklore and history, they would see that this is this predates their Christian stuff, right? By a lot. It's probably influenced it quite a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. which maybe that's even where the devil came from. It could you be. know, they Krampus, they looked bad. they looked at these creatures, got scared, and was like, "Yeah, we need to create a devil mm-hmm. now." It's just it's frustrating to me. When you actually look into the Bible, the, the that hell place is actually not mentioned in the mm-mm, Bible, mm-mm. and uh, the devil is not really described in the way. Uh, it's it's all very strange because we have just kind of we're. We've made up a lot of shit over mm-hmm. time, us humans. Yeah. It's an amalgam of stuff that right. we believe now. And it's all just a house of cards. Well, as we've wind, seen, as we've seen, uh, when you look back in history and you take a look at folklore and, and just what we've learned from when I did research on this script, Christmas is not this, this whole thing. Christmas technically wasn't celebrated on December 25th. It was early December. So, and that left things open for the the winter solstice, mm-hmm. December 21st, um, for the return of the light. See, they spread out their parties good. They're like, right. let's have a few holidays. As soon as the Christians got involved, then they wanted to put the birth of Jesus Christ, which I, I, I don't know a lot of detail on it, but I remember learning that it was more likely more in March. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. They, but they were somewhere off in the spring, or, but yeah. they moved it to December 25th. 
And they did that because they wanted to actually take all of the pagan and heathen celebrations. The big popular ones, Saturnalia. Yes. And they wanted to smash them into one so they could control these people and stomp out their religions and move their religion in. That sounds like a conspiracy theory. But it's... How dare you? It is absolutely not. And it's very frustrating. I think they're frustrated too. They're frustrated because these pagan influences are popping back up again. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's because, Sorry again. you know, like anything with deep roots, it's going to pop back up. You can cut the top off as much as you want. For thousands of years. Yes, but it will re- it'll, will return. And here we are. Mm-hmm. So that's my irritation. I don't fucking care if they practice their shit. That's, let's get I to don't, that. Christmas, I don't care. I, I say Merry Christmas to mm-hmm. people on Christmas. Me too. I don't care. if I'm a pe- heathen and I say Merry Christmas. Yeah, when people say God bless me, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that kind of energy sent my way from a human that I've never met. I say that all the time to you when you sneeze. Bless yeah, you. Bless exactly. you. Because exactly. you're tight. <laughs> and, I mean, and I mean it in some kind of way that's like, I hope you don't yeah. have a demon coming out of you or whatever. Right. You know? <laughs> I hope but, it's not a demon. But that's the thing. So bless you the, for your heart still beating, even though it skipped. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what happened. And you can't pee when you're doing that. Uh-uh. But oh, that's so funny. I, I don't know about that. Now I know that I am vocal about, I mean, everyone that listens to this knows my religious stance and all that stuff. I don't walk around the world going, I'm an atheist. I'm an atheist. Listen to me. I'm an atheist. I really right, I right. don't like that mm-hmm. uh, to do my show. I had to, tell people what i was and mm-hmm. stuff to be fair and honest and transparent and stuff right but i don't have a war on christianity going i just think christianity is funny mm-hmm. and that's all it is to me i think right. every story i stumble across is like wow mm-hmm. you know but christianity is not that's not exclusive i think government's funny i think right. humans and all their traditions are funny mm-hmm. but you know christianity is the strong one and and christmas itself is this thing where we've all agreed we really like coming together the yeah. 25th all of us, mm-hmm. people that come from countries where they celebrate 0% Christianity, come to the United States and they're like, we're doing Christmas. Yeah. We're going to do what Americans do. So and the West. whether we like it or not, America has a tendency to kind of hijack things and then turn it into its own thing. Right. Like when you eat a taco or what most Americans buy as tacos from Taco Bell or whatever, mm-hmm. that's not Mexican there's, food. That's just that's it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it's that. American I food. really don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's so establishing I fucking love tacos. a tradition of your own. It is. You know, it's really funny. The boy said to me the other day, tradition is just peer pressure from dead people. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to look at it. I thought it was kind of cute. That's a great way to look tradition at it. Tradition is peer pressure from dead people. Right. And those dead people probably decided something that their ancestors didn't like. Right. So it just is a cyclical yeah. thing. Yeah. The war on Christmas kind of seems like people just don't want religion, a specific religion in their public face and there's politics involved. And it seems like a whole lot of fucking TV stuff. False virtue, righteous anger on both sides of the spectrum. <laughs> Like, it kind of does. It seems like tabloid stuff. Yeah. And then also the people that, like both sides of this political spectrum have just outlandishly ridiculous people mm-hmm. that, that are angry at the world mm-hmm. and, and feel, it seems like they're narcissistic, actually. Mm. I mean, I think they feel like they're very uh, Important. virtuous. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think they're virtuous and they're saving us from these mm. things that we can't see and be around and know and hear and whatever and say. And they're just really narcissistic, selfish mm. 
kind of cowardly folk where it's well, like this world has to fit my fucking agenda or i'm fucking gonna blow it up right right i'm saving you let me save you no thank you i'm saving you no thank you are you enjoying your life over More there or less please leave me alone you're fucked but i can save you no thank you the discourse in society these days is just so fucking ridiculous we want to fight over stupid shit like yeah. brands of paper clips at this point i mean we we really need to focus on the important shit in life sex robots christmas and the, the war <laughs> and, and how krampus is probably an abomination to uh, all the a demonic influence yeah well fucking a uh nobody's at war with christmas except for uh well there's the no bombs there's no bombs being dropped you know right normal people aren't don't care we don't have armies the out there right i think it's kind of weird that they're using the word war because mm-hmm. it's you know hyperbolic but whatever. very hyperbolic whatever that's how politics works so yeah. they, they wouldn't no one would care if it's like there there's some uh, minor aggressions minor <laughs> grievances towards minor christmas grievances. we have got minor grievances towards christmas <laughs> uh the nativity scene shall be taken down mm. i don't know mm-hmm. i don't even know what i'm saying mm. it doesn't matter <laughs> ba- baby jesus in the manger yeah well government is a thing that we're all supposed to share so we shouldn't pick sides and have religions but we already did so I guess now that it's already there, we don't have to shit on Christmas, but I think everybody has to realize that we're all compromising. It's a bunch of not solutions and just yeah. moving the plate, the food on the plate around. Yeah, that's so, true. Once again, I think this illustrates government sucks. Yeah. It is not a solution to, to human problems. We can do better than that. It is usually the catalyst for more problems, which this obviously is. Right. Anywho. Now to enough. end this, uh, yeah, enough. this, this Krampus episode with government influence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, I just want people to get along too. I really yeah, do. It's like, too. we don't need to do this kind of shit, mm-hmm. but this is enough of that. We learned some Krampus stuff. We yeah. learned about some other demon, some other history of. Frau Parkta. Yeah. Yeah. And There's there. a bunch of them in there. I can't remember that, that one from Italy, but it was a good name. It was a super good name. Cali- uh, Greece, I think it was. It was, from, that's yeah. right. It was Greece. Did I write it down? I might have wrote it down. Know. But anyway, Cala, something. I can't Cala That's from Star Wars. For yeah, the I deep fans. I can't remember. Cala well, Thank you guys for listening. Yes. Uh, we hope that this is adding to your holiday fun. Yeah. Uh, Krampus is an interesting thing for me. Now I know some more. Whereas mm-hmm. I do uh, Santa Claus Crime Fighter and oh, uh, that's right. You know, I have Krampus as his adversary. Oh. Uh, which makes sense to me, but you know, I didn't know they were. It kind still of is. I mean, it depends on where you're looking and what time of you know what time in history. I do look at him as the yin and the yang. Yeah. For sure. Right. And that makes sense to me. But Frau Perk the mom to both yeah she's kind of yeah she's all of it yeah that's pretty cool all right you guys thank you so much to our trusted turd triad for doing all the work that they do that is uh don the shitbox wizard chris the discord dookie slayer Mm -hmm. and bodie our stark goddamn fucking (laughs) cat cast quartermaster (laughs) i'm only halfway through the week too so i don't know this is uh the brain's only on 40%, though, for some reason. <laughs> this was a long... This week's Scatcast was fucking yeah. a lot of oh, work. Yeah, oh, man, it was, it was so fun. much fun. It was a lot of work to get Tuesday's show done. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of work coming for tomorrow's show, too, so mm-hmm. it should be fun. But you put a lot of work into this one, obviously, yes. and thank you for that. Uh-huh. And you bit your tongue halfway through this, and I, ouchies. Yep, yep I so. sure did. <laughs> Drew blood, even. Scatcast is sweating and bleeding <laughs> and shitting for you and your entertainment dollar. We appreciate my, you very much. My bit tongue has been bleeding for a while now and now it's swelling so yeah. we're gonna close this out monique goes through some stuff for you guys she really does she's a she's a tough motherfucker either that or i just have a clumsy mouth if you were on the battlefield you'd be dragging people <laughs> along with you like i'll get you out of here and i'll shoot the cunt too and i'll fly the plane it's like your tongue's hanging off i don't go it's just a flesh wound it's a flesh wound come over here and i'll bite your ankles would you like some water no fish <laughs> fucking it 
<laughs> All right. All right. Well, thank you guys. Our trusted turd triad, we appreciate you guys. Yes. We appreciate the Godhead for all the fun shit that you do, all the all the crazy trouble you guys cause. Yes. Uh, Alan, in the, the garbage disposal, that mm-hmm. wonderful group is growing. It's a lovely place for people to uh, feel good and, and see yummy food, too. Yes. <laughs> and then PJ, Minnie, and Bodie mm-hmm. in our cute little subreddit that we got going on. Yeah. That's uh, Etch Growing. Skycast. And, yeah. I don't know how you get to it. Maybe we'll link stuff. We yeah. We have links and stuff. But Absolutely. All of you people that have taken up the Scatcast banner and yeah. trying to smear thank that you, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you don't. You guys don't realize how much it means to us. Holy yeah. shit! Uh, but I'm glad that this, these shows mm-hmm. mean something to you. Yeah, that certainly has been life changing for us. It's been absolutely four, 48 straight weeks of Scatcast something. That's crazy. And 36 straight weeks for you and I doing this together. Wow, it's been a blast. And we we're got coming up on our year anniversary. Yep, mm-hmm. we're going to celebrate in a fun way too mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, All sorts are. of goofy things planned. But we got Christmas still. I got I got Christmas specials for you up the butt. Here we go. Uh-oh. Here we go. Up the who? Uh, something. You know, some dirty thing that a guy like me would say to thousands of people. Right. Some ass. Mm. Fuck. <laughs> All right. Info at scatcast.com. That's how you get a hold of us. Scatcast.com is where you find all sorts of shit like this, including our merch store. We've got dipshit files merch mm-hmm. up the booty boo. Yeah. Uh, also, patreon.com forward slash scatcast. You can become any of those neat things from a litter mate that spends a buck a month to a fat cat that spends a mm-hmm. hundred a month. Mm-hmm. Want to treat us like a utility? I don't, I wouldn't mind. It's fine. <laughs> I'm pretty stoked. But anyway, but as always, we'll talk at you in the future. And it'll seem like the present. Bye. Bye. Oh, I wish I had some bells. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays.